In episode 109, I feature an unsolved mystery that I'm asking you, the Cross Seas listener, for help in getting answers. The main focus of this episode surrounds the curious case of Jessica Hu, a crossdresser, blogger, and former YouTube sensation from the early 2010s, who inexplicably left the interwebs about eight years ago. I believe that it is necessary, no, imperative, that we, the Cross Seas community, find out what exactly happened to Jessica Hu and get to the bottom of this. Speaking of bottoms, I also give you my cross yas tip of the week that has to deal with lubricant when experimenting with anal play, cause we all gotta get those asses right. And finally, another installment of what's grinding Giselle's gears with this week being on eyeliner application. It's episode 109 of the cross yas podcast. And again, I'm asking for your help. So, let's solve the mystery. Shall we? Yas! Yes, 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 yes. Cross Yes Podcast with Giselle Miraso. Yes! Yes! Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to the Cross Yas Podcast. The podcast that still says yes to everything related to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. Who am I? Well, my name is Giselle Mirasol. I'm the host of this ridiculously brilliant podcast, and under the transgender umbrella, I consider myself transgender. I do cross-dress on occasion, and if you let me, I'll be the one to guide you into the cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender universe. You want more information? Check out our website, www.crosstheyaspodcast.com, for behind-the-scenes stuff, Q&As with guests, and ways you can support our podcast, like via our Patreon. If you're looking to chat with me, Sierra, or other wonderful Cross Yas listeners, well, check out our Cross Yas Confidential Discord, which the link can also be found on our website, as someone is always there to chat. And finally, if you found this episode informative, entertaining, or downright fascinating, and you have your own personal story that's cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender related, but you're wondering to yourself, hmm, I wonder if anyone wants to hear my story. Well, duh. The answer to your burning question is allowed. Frickin' Yes! Hit me up, Giselle, at CrossCyasPodcast.com. DM me on Instagram, at CrossCyasPodcast. Or chat me up on Discord, Rochi underscore Mochi, pound 7325. Looking forward to it. It's still May, everyone. Happy to have you all back. Happy to be back here myself, both physically and mentally, because, as you know, May also happens to be Mental Health Awareness Month. So I'm hoping you're all taking good care of your mental health. And if you're not, please seek mental health resources. Mentalhealth.gov is a great website to start. The National Institute of Mental Health is also a good one. NIMH.NIH.gov. Or go speak to your doctor and maybe they can refer you to other help. In these trying times, it can feel quite difficult to continue. So please take your mental health into consideration and stay healthy. That's, That's the number one thing you have to do is to work on yourself. Currently, I've been somewhat still in a creative mood and feeling productive, and the world around me looks pretty good. It's looking good, it's looking good, it's looking good, it's looking good, it's looking good. The CDC just recently released guidelines that gave the okay to be outside without a mask as long as you're fully vaccinated. So you can do regular things like, you know, go outside. I also just recently got some amazing news that one of my old coworkers came out to me, and I'm super excited about it, as a crossdresser. That's, that's pretty cool. I'm excited to hang out with her, 
and I'll get all juicy details and report back to the Cross the Yas listener. But in this particular episode, episode 109, it's filled with mystery. Well, we'll start with lube first. Because, well, no one talks enough about lube, and it's a mystery that, in itself, it needs to be solved. So I'll unravel why lubrication is a necessary component in anal play. The main mystery, though, in this episode is figuring out where in the world is Jessica who, which I'll do after my cross yas tip. And finally, I'll give you the mystery on why I just can't seem to get eyeliner right, no matter how much I try. And I'll tell you why that's grinding my gears this week. All of this here on episode 109 of the Cross Yas podcast. So we're going to get answers, people. How about we just get to it? So let's get it. Happy listening. And now it's time for the Cross Yas tip of the week. Lube. Huh? Lubrication or... What? You know, lube. Oh. <laughs> okay. Now, why is this in my cross yas tip of the week? Well, you see, if you didn't know by now, I love anal play and everything about it. In fact, when I masturbate... <laughs> well, actually, sorry, before I get too far into this, you can just skip on right ahead to the Unsolved Mystery, where I need your help surrounding the curious case of Jessica Who. Anyways, if hearing me talk about my anal cavity disinterests you, sorry, but hey, I love my ass, literally. And I guess if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you do too. So if you're continuing here with my anal talk, hey, so happy to have you. Hello, is it me you're looking for? So, lube, bottom line, please use it. Like, a lot of it. For your butt and everything else in sex if that is what's needed. I don't know, I feel like lube just makes sex that much more enjoyable. The end, just kidding, that's obviously not the end. But if it is your rear end, well, put some lube in it if you're going to engage in pleasurable anal play. You know me, your host, Giselle Mirsal, one of the most sex positive people, loving yourself, trying all things out, and as long as it's in the realm of safety, I want everyone to have the best experience doing whatever it is you want to do. And well, with sex and anal play, or things you know you're about to, um... Shove it up your ass! All up in your ass. Yeah, sticking it up your butt is better with lube. Look, let's be real. With anal play, there's no real lubrication in your ass. Unless you have like massive diarrhea or something, there's no free-flowing liquid that comes out of your ass to allow anything into your butt. You know, to make it go in and out easily. Unlike your ass, vaginas secrete vaginal juices when a biological woman is stimulated sexually, which helps allow a penis or any hard object to easily slip in and out. Whereas with your butt, yeah, it just doesn't do that. It's not possible! If you ever wonder why people even enjoy anal play, or consider doing it. Well, there's a thing called a G-spot, which I've mentioned about here in the podcast before, which is an erogenous zone when stimulated, produces stronger sexual arousal, and an even more intense orgasm. In a biologically born man, the G-spot is the prostate, whereas in a woman, this is located inside the vagina and is well known or possibly considered an extension of the clitoris. 
I'll specifically discuss anal play lubrication in this episode, but remember lubrication can still be used for vaginal sex as well. So I don't want to forget about the ladies. Anyways, the internets tell me there has been no proven data that a woman has a so-called G-spot. That's because a G-spot in a biological woman born with female anatomy, I don't know, may or may not happen. That's because a G-spot in a biological woman born with female anatomy is typically considered an extension of the clitoris for some women. So if a woman doesn't have that greater sexual arousal when stimulated in her quote-unquote G-spot, doctors say not to worry. It may not be possible for all women. However, for biologically born men, well, they all have prostates. And after some research online, the G-spot, sometimes referred to as the P-spot, P standing for prostate here, you know, there you go. Well, personally, I've been engaging in anal play for, I don't know, a while now, and touching and stimulating my P-spot for a while, and I'll be the first to tell you, it's very nice when I uh, touch it. Now, I don't want to focus too much on the science behind the prostate because that's going to bore you, nor will I tell you what you should or shouldn't shove up your butt. But I will say and highly recommend and pretty much every doctor recommends, if you want to save yourself an emergency room visit, please use something with a flared base if you are to put anything in your ass. Or if you do put anything in your ass, make sure you can pull it out easily because, well, things can get stuck in your butt, hence the flared base. Think of it as like your ass is like a vacuum and your rectal cavity uh, will suck anything in it or near it. But if you're going to use anything for your butt, be it toys, fingers, a fist, a penis, I don't know, vegetables, fruit, a lamp. I, don't know. I love lamp. Do you really love the lamp or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. Or whatever you feel like shoving up there. I can't stress this enough make sure you can pull it out easily, like that of a flared base. But when you finally figure out what you're going to use to put up your butt, I really suggest you use lots of lube and start really slow. Let's take it slow, so slow. Don't go fast, cause really it's unnecessary for your rectum to take it all in at once. Cause if you're new to it, it's not used to taking uh, things in. Most butts aren't. Remember the main purpose of your rectum is to push things out. That's what poop's for. That's why, well, your anal sphincter always wants to close so tight when it's not in use. It's weird to say it, but the anal tone, I guess that would be the scientific name for it, the anal sphincter tone, does tend to diminish over time because, again, as you age, your body's muscle tonicity has a tendency to diminish over time. Yay, aging. That's why older people, you know, they get more incontinent with their bowels and, you know, sometimes they poop their pants. <laughs> oh God, I pooped my pants. <laughs> it's funny when it happens to other people. So even more reason to take good care of your body, and that includes your rectum. Might be getting sidetracked, but let's get back to it. Also, just note that your rectum is very sensitive and you do not want to shove things in there all willy-nilly. It needs lots of care and attention, and you biological males out there, if you do the right things, you can have a really intense orgasm with just simple tips. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> Okay, I see what you did there. And well, lubrication is key to helping you achieve that orgasm. So, okay, now you're probably asking, okay, Giselle, what kind of lube should I use? Well, I'm glad you asked. There are four main types of lube that are sexual, 
or sexual lube <laughs> that you can purchase at the store. And we're not talking like WD-40 or motor oil, although I don't know, people really like WD-40. Um, hopefully not that much, <laughs> but there are four main types of sexual lubes available, including oil-based, water-based, silicone-based, and some sort of hybrid of these. There's lots of types of lubes for sex, and choosing between them can be difficult, but I'll give you some pros and cons according to Healthline.com's article entitled, How to Choose the Best Sex Lube for Your Sex Life. Let's start with oil-based lubes. Well, for oil-based lubes, some pros of that include that oil-based lubes last longer, as you don't have to keep reapplying and adding more of it. It also can double up as a massage oil during sex. There you go. However, some cons to oil-based lubes include that they include an increase in infection rates, such as bacterial vaginosis, if you're using them for vaginal sex. They can also be a mess to clean up, as it is known to stain sheets, and if used on a latex condom, there is an increased risk of breakage. Now don't give me any argument. The ice is gonna break! For water-based lubes, aka the versatile lube, also the lube I use the most, is that water-based lubes are really good with condoms of the latex and non-latex variety, as they virtually have no risk for breakage. As you know, it's water-based, uh, making it easy to clean up, and it's easy on the skin. But note, it's not easy on all skin. Instead of water-based lubes, some people with really sensitive skin have reported using silicone-based lubes, since silicone-based lube is relatively hypoallergenic. Silicone-based lube is also safe to use with condoms, and when you're wanting to have sex in the shower or anywhere with water involved, the silicone-based lube doesn't wash away as easily as water-based lube, which is great for you shower sexers. Look, although I personally think shower sex is some of the hardest, most labor-intensive sex you can have, especially if you don't have enough room, like Kirsten and I in our bathroom, but I mean, hey, when you're horny, you're horny. Horny, I'm home! I, I mean, honey, I'm horny! I, I mean, Francine, I'm horny! Oh, Stan, I missed you! And I'm horny! Anyways, silicone-based lube sex is great if you're trying to fuck in water environments, but if you have silicone sex toys, silicone-based lube can deteriorate silicone toys and increase the risk of bacterial growth in those toys. So watch for that. So please look out for that. There's the hybrid-based lubes, which are obviously some mix of these previous three mentioned lubes. So read the ingredients carefully and try out what works for you. I think this article also references natural lube like coconut oil if you're worried about like certain parabens or whatever components you're trying to avoid in your lubricant. But the article says these type of natural lubes like coconut oil can stain sheets and even increase your risk for condom breakage as oils tend to deteriorate latex's efficaciousness. So look out for that and try what works for you. Now, sexual lubrication, all these sex lubes, usually comes in two forms, either liquid form or jelly form. For myself, well, I love using water-based lubes in jelly form because, well, I like how much you can spread of the jelly onto like a sex toy and um, on other things. I personally prefer the bead type of sex toys if we're really talking about sex toys. The ones with like a puller, uh, let me see. Um, a quick Amazon search here uh, for anal beads. Let's see. Uh, okay, uh, I see there's this one that kind of looks like the one I use. Uh, it's called the Eden Flexible 12-inch 10 graduated anal play beads with stopper pull loop sex toy for beginners women. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the one I use. It, obviously, everything's good here. It has the pull loop sex toy. 
and it's also for beginners so if you're new to it try this one um this one is a blue one there's also pink if you like the color pink um this one's nine dollars and it starts with a small bead and increases in size with each bead and yeah so i recommend that if that's something you want to try fairly cheap a lot of reviews on here on amazon and well when we get back to the main part and the, the lube that i'm talking about that i buy um let's see uh is the uh there's one here it's the ky jelly lube personal lubricant water-based formula here on amazon you can buy them for a pack of four for 23 dollars um, I like Target here in America, and Target has their own brand called Up and Up Personal Lubricant Jelly, which I think I purchased for as low as $3 for a 4-ounce bottle, whereas Astroglide, which is another company, has theirs at Target for like $5 or $6. And I don't know, they both work. Um, you know, if you want to support Target or if you're looking for a thing, I think there's no difference in the <laughs> trade one or the generics, so it doesn't matter. But for me, I love the jelly form also because it's really cold when it's um, squeezed out. And again, when I don't know when I put it on the beads, it just feels really nice, and I get more sexual gratification when I use it. As like I don't know, it just like goes inside a little easier. I don't know, it feels better for those who prefer the liquid form of lubricant. I mean, that's cool too. But I'm telling you, I mean, I'm highly recommending the jelly form because it works best. Because um, again, you can apply more of it. It provides more of a cushion, I guess, if you will at least from around my anus. And to tell you the truth, I think I use a whole lot of it. Like the four ounce squeeze bottle will get maybe, I don't know, four or five uses of it, like the whole thing, uh, before I need to buy a new one. Uh, so it lasts me, I don't know, maybe a month or two. And I think if you're using it for anal play, it really the, it's really the best. But like for vaginal sex that I have with Kirsten, sorry, Kirsten's probably uh, already like, shut up, shut up, Giselle, shut up. Uh, we don't really need it because, uh, well, she gets a little... Uh, Randy, if you get what I mean, yeah. Nothing wrong with wetness. We love pleasure wetness. <laughs> but for anal play, yeah, I think you need to buy lubricant. You definitely need to, I don't think, I, I know you need to buy lubricant. And yeah, you need to buy the jelly form. Um, I totally recommend it. I mean, you don't have to buy lubricant if you want, if you're looking for pain the entire time. I know people, especially for anal play, I know people who just use their own spit for lubricant. For like you know when you're jerking off or masturbating uh, which is perfectly fine um, but for anal play I highly recommend using store-bought lubricant especially the water-based jelly form of lubricant but if you disagree then so be it because I mean seriously at this point I believe yeah you're definitely not ready for the jelly but I guess you're ready for some pain so yeah. Also, there are various additions to these types of lubricants, like there's flavored lubricants, which I guess you're going to use if you're going to use for your mouth, which I guess is fine because you'd want a flavor when eating a pussy or ass, sure, because those may not be the most delectable of tastes. But for lubrication, you figure mouths already create enough saliva, and that's like the natural lube anyways, so sure. There's also these other variants, the temperature lubricants that supposedly enhance your experience with your partner because it's marketed as an increase in pleasure sure as it makes you and your partner feel warmer inside well sounds weird i've never tried it uh the reviews online of these temperature lubricants say it just feels like icy hot on your junk so i don't know if that sounds appealing to you or you have I don't know, 
thing. Maybe you can tell me someone else has tried these. I don't know. Has anyone else tried these? If you have, you can send me your opinions on these type of lubricants or any lubricants that I've talked about. Um, you can email me, Giselle, at CrossTheYasPodcast.com or DM me on Instagram at CrossTheYasPodcast if you have any experiences with these kinds of lubes or things. But yeah, main takeaways from this Cross Yas tip. Use lubrication for sex liberally. Let it just drip out of the fucking tube and apply everywhere. I cannot stress that enough, people. Use it. Use a lot of it. If it's your first time experimenting with sex or anal play as a biological male or biological female, especially if you're using anal play, uh, please use it all up if you need. Waste the whole fucking bottle. It's worth it. It's only 4 to $5. The wetter, the better, and the more fun you'll have. So, yeah. Hope that helps. Hope that was an interesting cross-yas tip. Um, it's a little different. Tell me what you think, and yeah. What are the better? And hope that helps you have happy sex life. Thanks. Okay, so with all my recent talk of wanting to call it quits, I'll tell you about how and why I didn't put an end to the Cross Yas podcast. I mean, I almost did. I almost put an end to it. Seriously. So fucking close. But don't worry, I have no intentions of ending any time soon. Or do I? Nah, not yet. But I did ponder for a bit about the various ways I could potentially go about closing the final chapter to the Cross Yas podcast. I was thinking, I don't know, should I go quietly into the night and not say anything? Hmm, possibly. Should I throw a huge celebration and be like, it's over, bitches? I mean, that kind of sounds over the top, but... Not totally out of the question. Or do I simply say to you, across the Yas listener, thank you for all of your support, but I think my work is done here. You know, just like that, really short and sweet. I mean, any of those methods felt like the easy way out. And as enticing and welcoming a farewell would be for myself, as of right now, I'd rather not leave. Not just yet. Not until I felt like I've done all I could for this cohesive community. I feel like it'd be unfair to leave this amazing cross-dresser, transgender community so early without telling all the stories I want to tell, and without hearing everyone share the stories they want to divulge to me. One of the biggest reasons why I don't want to leave, as I've talked with many of the Cross Yas listeners on our Cross Yas Discord, which if you're not on yet, I think you need to be. Cross Yas Confidential, check it out on our website, www.crossyaspodcast.com. But many of the Cross Yas listeners, who if you didn't know already, are quite possibly the most delightful human beings ever created, who are just so welcoming and forgiving and understanding. Seriously, I think it's the Cross Yas listener that keeps me going. It's been a crazy experience ever since, man. So... I know I, I say that a lot, but you guys don't understand. I wouldn't be living my best life without you guys. The unwavering support I get from all the Cross Yas listeners is just astounding and remarkable and, by all accounts, necessary. I just, I don't, I, I just can't stand to let them down. They've told me how grateful they are for me and the community that I've helped create. And if I need to just take a break, that I should just take as much time as I need away from the podcast so I can come back refreshed and rejuvenated and they'll be ready whenever I'm ready. Which is totally something reasonable and understandable. Because we all need breaks. Constant, punishing, brutal work for this podcast and any work really, with no breaks in between, can make you fucking lose it. Yeah, fall work and no play makes Stewie a dull boy. 
But the concepts of breaks, every time I think about it, I'm like, what the hell is that? The concept is so foreign to me. I'm slowly learning what it means, but I'm telling you it's really hard. But I, I seriously just don't know how to take a break. Even that short three-week stint I took last month, that was kind of rough for me. I mean, if I were to take a longer extended break, I just don't know what a reasonable amount of time would look like. Uh, for me, that is. How long would I take until, you know, I just came roaring back? Who knows? So, I don't know, I just don't like living my life with regret. And yeah, maybe I do have some regrets in life, but I just try not to dwell on them. Because I'm sure you, the cross yas listener, have regrets in your life. But you and I both know we shouldn't live our life in regrets. Or at least try not to. We must live good, meaningful lives by being present in the present with the hope of a promising future, knowing that it's our past, who made us, who we are today, for better or for worse. And today, well, your girl, Giselle Marisol, is 32 years old, turning 33 later this year in August. And fuck, I keep thinking how time has fucking flown by. Even worse during a pandemic, since, I don't know, time seems to simultaneously move so fast and so slow. And time goes by so slowly. So that's really got me thinking lately that there has been so much cross-dressing slash transgender content that has popped up either in print, television, or online over my lifetime, but none of them were able to capture or portray cross-dressing and transgender elements in both an entertaining and educational way and sustain it. I mean, yes, there were attempts to do so. I can name so many examples, but due to either lack of support, lack of funding, I don't know, bad timing, bad luck, or maybe an audience's vain interest, nothing seemed to just fit and worked. And if it did, abruptly. And shit, I just don't want to be part of that cross-dressing transgender content that just suddenly ends. Not that it's a bad thing to end, because, I mean, everything has to come to an end, especially if someone's not interested anymore in that subject. But for me, personally, I'm going to continue this podcast as long as I'm able to, because the feedback I've gotten from listeners so far, like I've said, has just made me feel like I'm doing something positive for this community. I can make a promise. I can make a plan. I can make a difference. I can take a stand. And not just in an entertaining sense, but also an educational one. And I can't stop now. I think of all the past transgender cross-dressing content, like, I don't know, I mean, take the 1998 TV show Ask Harriet that ran on Fox for, I think, only five weeks. I distinctly recall being super excited about the trailers before the show even started, right? The previous stuff that would show us commercials. Get ready for a manly comedy, cleverly disguised. Mr. Russell! Back up, help! Ask Harriet, preview Sunday on Fox. It was to star Anthony Tyler Quinn, who played a sexist sports analyst that had to disguise himself as a woman by the name of Sylvia Coco to keep his job. I remember being fucking ecstatic when the show finally came on and I remember just being glued to every second of it when it aired. Because here was the show, which had a premise of a man who would be forced to dress like a woman regularly for every episode. Now, this was a network TV show, for Christ's sake. A show everyone was going to have to watch. This was unheard of. Like, yas, a whole season of this? Sign me up. And obviously, I was super excited for the first five episodes that aired. I mean, I was 10 years old. 
I already knew I had cross-dressing tendencies, and this was like the infancy of the internet, so I couldn't just Google information quickly like everyone does today. But I mean, I was trying to understand what was going on within myself, and maybe this Ask Harriet show was going to help me understand that. Now, of course, since I was 10 years old, I probably wasn't the greatest curator of fine television writing, so I'm sure if I watched the show today, I'd realize this probably wasn't the best written show, but who cares? At the time I was 10, to me, that's all I knew. All I knew is that it had a cross-dressing man in them, and I wanted more. But I guess after a lack of support and possibly poor ratings, Ask Harry ended just like that. Only those five initial episodes not even the extra eight episodes that the show filmed would air. The show was done, just completely finished, in five weeks. That was it. I mean, there are countless other examples of cross-dressing, transgender, and entertainment that comes to my mind on television, like the old daytime TV show Maury, you know, Maury, with his show in the 90s and early 2000s. You know Maury, right? When it comes to four-month-old Donye, Andrew, you are not the father. <laughs> That Maury. Well, Maury, with his show in the 90s and early 2000s, he also had shows that featured cross-dressing men or transgender women on episodes that were a derivative of some sort of man or woman, where there was basically a pageantry of passing privilege on cross-dressing men or women. They were also had trans uh, privileged cross-dressing men or women, trans women, men in drag, etc. And really, the audience would decide by the end of the episode if the person was actually a man or a woman. It's a terrible way to think of it in today's society, that we're judging people's passing privilege in the most superficial of standards, but that was the 90s and early 2000s. I mean, we're still doing some of that today. Or what about my favorite short-lived MTV show, MTV Undressed, which had these cross-dressing transgender elements, but again, only sprinkled these ideas in some of their episodes. I mean, there were great resources, albeit small, short-lived, and primarily meant for entertainment purposes. I mean, it almost certainly was a poor attempt with regards to understanding what cross-dressing and gender was, but hey, again, back then you were starving for cross-dressing and transgender content, and at least it was something for young individuals like myself who were just yearning for more information about the cross-dressing world, which I would eventually learn would fall under the transgender umbrella. I mean, lucky for today's children growing up, they have more than just the television and print content that people of my generation only had. Even worse for those that came before me, they had even less resources surrounding this idea. This idea of cross-dressing and transgender. Some of the content I mentioned is still available online, as you can easily Google any of these shows and find YouTube clips or, I don't know, to get a time capsule glimpse of how these elements were viewed at the time even if it doesn't paint cross-dressing or transgender roles in the greatest of lights. But, and sorry, it brings me to the main part of this episode. There's one mystery that still boggles my mind, and I can't seem to wrap my head around it. What if I told you there was someone who had content that presented cross-dressing and transgender elements almost perfectly? This person was semi-famous on YouTube. She was welcomed by the transgender community, beloved by all cross-dressers, and was pretty damn funny. But then, all of a sudden, without a trace, she left. She took all her content down and vanished.
This is the mystery I need your help, cross CS listener, in solving. The mystery of Jessica Who. If you were into cross-dressing or the transgender scene from 2009 to 2014 and looked up resources about cross-dressing, either on YouTube or Google, you probably know who I'm talking about. You probably may have heard of Jessica Who. Here's a clip. Hi everyone, it's Jessica Who, and yes, I'm a dude. It's a what's in my bag video, and I just want to tell you before we get started that I'm a simple girl. When I go out, I don't want to have too many things on me. I have to have a powder brush, and I have to have this compact thing. Gotta touch up. Of course, the lip gloss for after I have a snack. The mascara, I put on like 10 coats of this at least every hour because my eyelashes are long, but they're like straight, you know what I mean? Kind of like me. Okay, then I've got the tweezers, of course. Sometimes I'd like pluck a little mustache hair. This is the standard, you know, I'm a YouTuber, you know, I'm always filming my life. And I know this is a little old school, but you know me, I'm into all that retro stuff. Yes, I know it's a little odd to carry toilet paper in your purse, but live, listen, hear me out, okay? Sometimes, I mean, I'm wearing breast forms now, but most of the time I'm not. So I like to stuff just a little tiny bit inside, you know, just to give me a little bit of, if I'm crying or if I need to blow my nose, it's just multi-purpose. Every girl needs one of these in her purse. Jessica Who was an internet celebrity and definitely a YouTube phenomenon. Or maybe she wasn't a bigger celebrity than I think she was. But I feel she was a celebrity and she had such good content. A quick Google search today of Jessica Who brings up someone not related to the Jessica Who I'm talking about. But if you Google Jessica Who crossdresser, a couple blogs have her name pop up. Was from a Valerie Sapphire's blog with a post on July 5th, 2014 and a post entitled The Case of the Disappearing Crossdresser. This is what Val Sapphire wrote in that post. About a month ago, I noticed that Jessica Who was gone. Who is Jessica Who? She is, or was, a comedian and one of the more prominent blog vloggers who also happens to be a straight crossdresser. She was very honest about her gender identity, starting each entry with her catchphrase, yeah, I'm a dude. Her jokes often touch on how hard it was to balance two egos in one body. She even appeared in mainstream media on vh one series, I Married Two where she appeared along with her supportive wife and later documented how she came out to her mom. Now her blog, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter accounts are all gone. Even her personal Facebook page for her male persona is gone too. The only things left are her video game reviews and they haven't been updated recently. One of the basic axioms of the internet is that once you post something, it never goes away, particularly anything we dislike. Yes, it is not strange for bloggers to come and go, Sometimes bloggers lose interest as they get married, have kids, and other things take over. But there tend to be warning signs as posts become scarce. In this case, Jessica had just moved to LA to pursue her comedy career, looking for bigger, better, brighter things. The last post on her blog was about Saturday Night Live. In the trans community, so much of our identities can be tied up in our online persona where you can be free to be whoever you want to be. So why disappear now? It feels like an unfinished mystery novel. One online theory seems to be another Jessica Who, a up young upcoming DJ from Miami, didn't like the competition for the name. Perhaps she purged, perhaps she just wanted some peace and privacy. Jessica, if you are out there, let us know you are okay. So let's run it back, shall we? 
and start from the beginning in finding out what might have happened to her. And let's start with who is Jessica Who? Jessica Who de Leon, she has a last name too, was the online persona of Louis Barra, who initially started blogging on GeoCities in 2002. Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. But really came out to her own in 2009 with the start of her YouTube channel, Jessica Hyphen Who. My online digging brought me to one of her archived blogs on the t central blogspot website, which is a trans-related blogging site. For you youngins out there, before Twitter really hit it big, and you wanted to write your own thoughts online, you'd use a blog, which is short for weblog. A blog is where you'd write information you'd want others to read, kind of like a diary, but a public one. Now, I don't think blogs are as popular as they once were, but some of them are still around. And well, this is what Jessica Hu wrote as a reflection of her previous two years at the time of being online, circa January 2011, on the T-Central Blogspot website. Kind of long, but bear with me. We're trying to figure out what happened to her. Here goes. Jessica Hu wrote this. A couple of years ago, I found myself in a difficult situation, one that others would die for. There I was, a lifelong cross-dresser with all the struggles and strife as all the others with the ultimate blessing and accepting fiancé, now wife. The problem was, I still couldn't accept myself. Although I was sure of some things and semi-confident with how I looked as a female, there was a huge block preventing me from enjoying my full gender identity, which as of yet was still unknown. This created conflict with my wife that shouldn't have existed. I needed to find my way and soon. So I began blogging, and an undertaking that I had tried once before in 2002. Back before blogging was huge, I was blogging on GeoCities. My thoughts and experiences were shared with the digital world, but were erased one day in an e-purge. With my wife's blessing, I started my blog, Jessica Who, quite uneventfully. The typical starter posts were uploaded, but soon my creative energies really took off. I didn't intend it, but soon my articles were laced with sarcasm, humor, and satire, and others took notice. I didn't realize that I was writing with a humorous tone until readers and other bloggers told me. In reality, I was just being myself. Before long, I began to focus heavily on the humorous side of the trans world. Then, at the end of last year, I started making videos and posting them to YouTube. I decided that they would almost exclusively be comedy from my transgender point of view. Somewhere along the way, as I was authoring cross-dressing articles and creating transgender comedy videos, I really found out who I was. My true gender identity, which is extremely difficult to put into words, took shape and thus I was able to start expressing it accurately. This also led to the birth of my stand-up comedy career. I perform as a... I perform as a guy and as a trans girl, and my humor comes from the many facets of life that are real to me. Comedy, a hobby of mine since 11 years old, was now becoming my guardian angel. It hardly ever works out like this. All my life I thought it would be books, therapy, and intense meditation that would help me in finding my way. At times, the possibility of never finding a balance seemed likely. In the end, it was writing blog posts, acting like a fool in front of a video camera, and stepping on stage that did the trick for me. I'm now much more open about being a cross-dresser. Many of my friends and family are aware of it and fully accept me. I come out of the closet with the enthusiasm of a kid chasing an ice cream truck. Am I naive? Nope. I know that not everyone will agree with this, but I don't care anymore. Comedy has that effect on those who perform it. You shine a spotlight on anything that you are self-conscious about, and soon enough, the anxiety fades away. 
when you make fun of yourself by ripping into your insecurities and ridiculing your experiences, nobody can hold anything over you. I raise a mirror up to myself and also the rest of the TG world. I satirize how society views us, but also how we view ourselves. By pointing out the, in my opinion, exceedingly extreme seriousness with which we discuss our nature, I hope to help others accept themselves by laughing a little. Among the issues I've lampooned are the various transgender labels, wondering why men cross-dress, the notion that all cross-dressers eventually transition, cross-dressers pressuring other cross-dressers to develop a female voice, gender stereotypes, and cross-dressing being considered disgusting. Not everyone understands my humor, but that's okay because I do what I want artistically and aim to make most of my videos with a social message. Instead of worrying what my cross-dressing means or what my label or labels suit me best, I am simply myself, an intelligent yet silly person who is responsible but also immature who feels like a guy sometimes, a girl other times, and a combination of both the rest of the time. My approach won't work for everyone, but I think we'd all be better off if we took ourselves just a tad less seriously. Don't get me wrong, there will always be a need for serious research, discussion, protest, rallying, struggle, and defense. But every king needs his royal jester. I am Zeh. Now that was amazing, and it was written 10 years ago in 2011. Again, she started blogging on her Jessica-Who website, which is now defunct, or so it seems. I did more digging and found that unfortunately, the Jessica-Who website doesn't work anymore. Unless, you see, if you didn't know, again, the internet has a memory, and I was able to find her original website via web.archive.org and found her Jessica-Who website still with some valuable information on it, such as her frequently asked questions section, which had this to say. Welcome to Jessica Who. I hope that you enjoy your visit. Please do come back as this blog is updated several times per week. You can bookmark this page, subscribe to the RSS feed, and sign up for email updates. Back in 2002, I started a cross-dressing website under the moniker Latina underscore CD, and I took it down after feeling shameful about it. Unfortunately, I left many members in the dark as they had contacted me for advice and I never responded. I have vowed to do things better this time around and I will do my absolute best to reply to every message that I receive. And it says that that FAQ was version 2.1 and last updated November 24th, 2012. Now I think about that and I think maybe she got a little stressed and was receiving too much information and was used as a resource and feeling depleted. I don't know, sometimes I think this whole thing fucking sucks. If you've been on any of the crossdresser forums or message boards online that include Reddit in the last 10 to 15 years or so, you probably have heard of her. She may not have been a household name, but I think in the crossdressing scene from like, I don't know, 2009 to 2014, she was someone who dominated the YouTube channel scene. Maybe not so much dominated, but as a crossdresser, you knew of her. If you were like me around that time, I mean, I, I was like 23, 24, and you would Google cross-dressing videos, and chances are Jessica Who would sometimes be that someone who would pop up. Lots of other cross-dressing men showed up at the time, but probably none more famous than Jessica Who. Not just on fame, but just, I don't know, her quality of videos, her consistency of posting, and to be honest, her humor. It was just really good surrounding the idea of cross-dressing and gender. Granted, for myself, I was still experimenting with my own cross-dressing and learning about myself. I mean, I was also, at the time, still with Jennifer, the girlfriend from hell, so 
Although I did watch many of her videos, I didn't watch them religiously as many other people did. The same goes for her blog. I would read some of her stuff, but not all of it, which is a shame because when I look on the web.archive.org website, almost all the photos of her on the original version are all taken down. Goddamn shame. What I loved about Jessica was that she was someone who didn't try so hard to be funny. She, she just did her thing and people watched it. Now this was the days before the Yoya Fabulosa, cross-dressing with Paola, the Finsters and Sneakies of Twitch and YouTube. I mean, they're all really good, but I mean, the one that I distinctly remember being first on YouTube was Jessica Who. She poked fun at gender roles and the trouble with cross-dressing and other cross-dressing elements like, I'll talk about later, eyeliner, <laughs> and really internalized transphobia, even if she didn't call it that during the time. She was so good that, remember in that Val Sapphire blog, she showcased her real cross-dressing life on a VH1 show entitled I Am Married To, and the episode where she was on talked about cross-dressing and even involved her real-life wife. I've never seen the episode until recently after researching a bit more about Jessica Who for this episode, but that episode was so good. She struggles about coming out to her mom as Jessica, and she even goes out to a club with her wife. It's available on Amazon if you guys want to watch it. I paid $3 for it, and I don't know, it was worth it. It's such a good episode. She had so many videos back then um, that she posted on YouTube of her dressed up, but again, they all seem to have been just taken down, except for one. It's not even her channel where I found it. It was an interview she did with a YouTube channel called Transition Radio, where she was interviewed by two trans people, and they were also a trans couple, Mark Angelo, who was born female and now male, and Jessica Lynn, who was born male and now female. The video was entitled Transition Radio TV number 20, Jessica Who Truly Two-Spirited. It was recorded on February 13, 2013, and aired on March 17, 2013. And to be honest, it really, it truly was one of the greatest cross-dressing video interviews I've probably ever seen. In that, in my opinion, Jessica Who said all the right things. For example, when Jessica was asked about where under the transgender umbrella does she see herself, this is what she said. I am outside of the umbrella, I'm under the umbrella, I am the umbrella. I, I'm just all over the place, really. I, I, like usually i tell people that i don't label myself i don't and if i have to choose a label i do choose transgender because i i feel like i'm between male and female i'm i don't feel so female where i need to all like change my body to match that but i i have a strong feminine side and a strong masculine side and i really love and appreciate both of them when jessica was asked about being accepted into the trans community this was her answer. Yeah, in, in general, I've been accepted by everybody, which has been awesome, because initially I started just promoting my videos on like the cross-dressing forums, and then I would branch out a little bit to, to more general transgender forums, and I've gotten, you know, I've gotten fans from kind of everyone under the umbrella and outside of it, which has been awesome. And so I've gotten a, a few knuckleheads here and there who, who say that I shouldn't be joking about this or about that because I'm not transitioning. But the, the vast majority, especially higher up people, like people that run their own trans websites or have been on TV, have always been very accepting and, and receptive to what I'm doing. 
And lastly, and probably the best answer she gave, was for this question. When Jessica was asked, what message does she have for those individuals who judge cross-dressers, and what advice can she give those who are thinking about cross-dressing, this is what Jessica said. Well, I think, I think cross-dressers get, get judged a lot from, well, first, like, you know, since we were already talking about it, yeah, I see in the, in the trans community in general, there's like a phrase that like, you're just a cross-dresser, which has been, I've had that directed at me and others have as well. And I think that is like, oh, you're not legitimate or your gender identity doesn't mean as much as mine. And that, you know, that that's silly. It's kind of like, you know, we, we all, we all have some sort of gender variance and, and some people it's, it's to a degree where they, they need to do something more about that. And, and then also I think from, from mainstream society, cross-dressers probably get looked at as either crazy or perverts. That's a big one. Like a, a, a straight man wearing women's underwear that, that makes him a pervert. I mean, you see it on the internet, even as progressed as we are now, the other day on Reddit, one of the top upvoted pictures was of some dude at Walmart and he, and his, he was wearing a thong under his jeans and it was like pink and purple and, and people were commenting about how he's a freak or he's a pervert and you know people people judge like that and it's like it, it's I don't know like I, I kind of just make fun of those things and I've but I've never been in a situation where I've had to had to defend cross-dressing in person because I've, I've actually been lucky enough where all my friends and family have been extremely supportive but but those are the types of judgments that that happen or like you're cross-dressing just for the humor aspect uh, that that gets a lot too but uh i think for someone who's judging any anybody negatively i i think what needs to be done is you have to try to view life from that person's perspective and maybe try to relate to them and, and see why they are who they are and get to know them as a person because once you get to know anybody you can see the, the true essence of them and <clears throat> for people who are thinking about cross-dressing I know I get a lot of emails personally uh, for somebody they, they don't know where to get started and and really you just have to kind of just jump in whatever you feel comfortable and if you just want to wear underwear then just buy some underwear and, and wear it and see how it makes you feel and you know, if you want to wear a dress, then, then just do it. You know, it's kind of like Nike. Just do yeah, it. Just do it. I mean, damn. Just like Nike's slogan, just do it. I was probably too busy and distracted into my cross-dressing self about eight years ago. So I truly didn't appreciate what Jessica Who was doing. And I mean, the saying still rings true, especially in this scenario. In a world where we don't know the whereabouts of Jessica Who, you really don't know what you got until it's gone. And I, again, truly honestly believe that the cross-dressing and transgender community needs more Jessica Who's in the world, and really, Jessica Who herself. So that's why this mystery is, I don't know, truly a call to action. Uh, Jessica, if you're out there, I'd love if you could reach out. I mean, the Cross Yas podcast is by no means the most popular thing out there. I, I mean, I average like 200 to 400 plays slash downloads in an episode. Not a lot of people listening or finding, but the cross-dressing community is a small world after all. It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all.
So maybe someone in the community might know where she is or know someone who knows someone who knows where she is. Her boy real name is Louis Barra. Louis spelled L-O-U-I-S. Barra, B-A-R-R-A. And I don't know, maybe Jessica is still active in the cross-dressing world and has decided to lay low, which uh, could be a possibility. Hell, maybe she's even listening to this episode right now. Hi, Jessica. Maybe she's even changed her name. I don't know. Maybe because of a witness protection program. Maybe she was caught killing the club in some stellar dress. Who the fuck knows? All I know is that she's not online anymore. She's off all the social media and all of her content can no longer be found online. But she was an inspiration to so many cross-dressers and transgender individuals that, I don't know, I personally believe she deserves a comeback. Hell, I'd love to be her first interview too, if she'd let me. And unlike LL Cool J, I will call it a comeback. And I would be absolutely delighted to have her on the Cross Yas podcast. One of the last things she ever posted on her blog was that she was moving from Florida to Los Angeles in July of 2013 to pursue a career in comedy, which was just under eight years ago. So maybe she's still in LA, or maybe she's moved back. I'm not sure, but if she's still in LA, maybe? I don't know, we can meet up? But online, yeah, she's nowhere to be found. There's just no trace left of her online persona. I did read some Reddit posts from 2014 as I googled her name, and there was a Reddit post that was posted by, of all people, a guest and friend of the Cross Yas podcast, Liz Summers, who was in episode 44 and 45. And she wrote this over, over seven years ago. Guy Mo Jessica has a Twitter account which was last updated in April 2014. But that's it. If she's decided to take all her stuff down, then presumably she has her reasons, and it's something we should respect, which is why I won't link to the account. But it's still kind of sad. But that's all. Jessica Hu de Leon, who amassed a large following, tons of subscribers, and millions of views on YouTube in about a five year span from 2009 to 2014, vanished and was gone. It's really weird to think of it, but after all this information that I provided, I look at Jessica who as, I guess, truly a pioneer of sorts. I mean, she didn't pave the way for crossdressers to be public. Many crossdressers have come out before her. She wasn't the first crossdresser on YouTube. This was, a, I mean, she came out in 2010 and YouTube had already been around for like four or five years, so there was other online cross-dresser content. But what Jessica Hu did do differently was normalize cross-dressing and, I don't know, just poke fun at it. Not in a bad, stereotypical, negative way, but in a funny, hilarious way. I mean, some of the things she said over eight years ago are some of the things I'm saying today. She did dress up and go public, and she was proud of her being okay as a cross-dresser. She said she falls under the transgender umbrella and it's like, fuck yeah, that's what I've been trying to say. And she said it before I did. That was like eight years ago and that's so cool. I just personally wonder why she left. Was it the shame that she talks about why she closed her GeoCities? Did that shame come roaring back, causing her to leave the internet again? Was it that she and her wife got busy, raised a kid, had other opportunities to do something else? I mean, there are countless other possibilities and honestly, she doesn't, need to give us an answer but i mean if any of these or any any reason for her to leave is totally right and i don't see anything wrong with that if they were true 
Also, rereading some of her entries on her blog, it appears that she did suffer from some type of anxiety, which if that contributed to her leaving, is a perfect reason to want to delete all of her content. Personally, I, I just want to know that she's doing okay, because deleting all of her content seems like purging. And you know me and the podcast, I absolutely hate the idea of purging. Hate it! Hell, even in Jessica Who's FAQ section, purging is wrong and she recommends every crossdresser and transgender individual to do the opposite of Nike's slogan and just don't do it. But like a lot of us, we hate to follow our own advice. We're our own worst enemies sometimes, right? It's no surprise to me, I am my own worst enemy. There's that running online conspiracy theory that, again, Jessica Who, the crossdresser, had to delete the name Jessica Who name from the internet because an up-and-coming DJ at the time used the same name, DJ Jessica Who, was suing her, which is a likely possibility. But I don't know. If that were true, maybe the crossdresser Jessica Who could change her name to something else. I mean, hindsight is 2020 and changing names might be really time consuming, seeing how she already had put up so much effort into her body of work for five years. I mean, trust me, if someone else came out with a cross yas podcast and sued me, I'd be like, fuck it, it's not worth that drama and maybe I'd quit then. Fuck the job, bitch, I quit. Fuck the job. Cause I don't really need this shit. Okay. Fuck this job. But I guess this episode is an appreciation episode and also a call to action because I'd love to have Jessica Hudeli on the crossdresser or Louis Barra come onto the podcast and tell me that she's doing okay. Or maybe across the Yas listener knows what happened to her and they can help me gain some peace of mind on why she left. Because removing your entire body of work from the internet so other people can't access it seems extreme. But again, Jessica Hu or Louis Barra perhaps had their own reasons. I would just like some answers if anyone has them. Again, that would be nice, but I don't know. It's just for my own peace of mind. Because I think it's a huge mystery that I think needs solving. And I think really people need to hear Jessica Who and some of that content. It was over 10 years ago and she was such an up and coming rising star, especially for the cross-dressing and transgender community that people like myself could look up to. And you know, I bring it all back and I think that's why for myself, if I were to ever leave and put a conclusion on my time here on the podcast, I think I would end it by saying something like, hey, thank you everyone who's made the Cross Yas community what it is, and I've never been prouder of the body of work I created, and I will be back. But it might be for an undetermined amount of time. But luckily, this episode, episode 109, isn't the end of the line for me. And if you're out there, Jessica Who or Louis Barra, hey, reach out. I think we all miss you, and I personally would love to talk to you and hear that at least you're doing okay. And if you're in the LA area, girl, hit me up. I'd love to hang out sometime. But if you, the Cross Yas listener, has answers about where I might be able to find Jessica Who, hey, email me, please, Giselle at CrossYasPodcast.com. DM me on Instagram at CrossYasPodcast or hit me up, Rochi underscore Mochi pound 7325. Let's find out what happened to Jessica Who and let's put an end to this unsolved mystery. The cross-dressing community thanks you, Jessica, for everything you've done and posted in those years you were active. You inspired so many, and you even earned yourself an episode on this podcast. Thanks. And now, it's time to talk about what's grinding Giselle's gears. Alright, so grinding my gears this week. You know, I... I don't. I usually have an outline for these kinds of things, so I'm just gonna like 
Maybe it's easier if I just rant and talk about eyeliner for like a minute or two or three, especially since this episode is already too damn long because I talked about Jessica Who and girl, if you're out there, please reach out. But I think eyeliner is super cute and I love how feminine it looks on me when I put it on my eyes and do like a cat eye or some just like quick wit like whip on my eyelid eyebrow i just i just fucking hate and it grinds my gears that i can't get it right it's it's tough because like i can get my right side because i'm right-handed uh, my right eye looks really good but that left when i have to like cross cross my hand over to the left side and i like fuck it up just a little bit like i hate that i hate that makeup in general it's just fucking annoying because it takes practice and i hate having to do work I and mean, we all do but I just hate it. I mean, it's not impossible. I've, I love when I have a good eyeliner day. I'm sure you ladies are feeling the same way. And with with COVID opening up, I'm having more opportunities to wear eyeliner. But fuck, I hate it. I hate that it, it misses sometimes. <laughs> I hate that if you like, you you have to make them even on both sides. And if you like put too much on one side, you have to cover the other side to put more. And then if that's too much, you have to put on the other side. And it's like a constant battle. You end up looking like a raccoon. <laughs> uh, it's just like fucking huge ass black eyes <laughs> like you got punched or something it just looks too much but i know there's other eyeliners out there this is more particular towards uh, liquid eyeliner i hate when you like close your eyes and you open them and then sometimes it gets stuck to the top of your eyelid and you're like have to wipe that off yeah that's grinding my gears this week so I'm, I'm i'm working with it i'm learning how to apply it better kirsten always tells me don't like you know how you pull your eye to the side apparently that causes wrinkles and i'm like well how am i supposed to do with that <laughs> she's like well you need to do like smaller strokes and make it you know line up and i'm like god this is so hard but um yeah that's a quick grinding my gears this week because uh, i'm sure i bothered you or um talked too much about um jessica who which i really want to reach out and find her because uh, she had a whole episode on eyeliner and i think way back when but um yeah if she's out there reach out and eyeliner i hate you i i hate you eyeliner i hate that i keep getting you wrong and i will get you eventually uh correct but um this week that's what's grinding giselle's gears eyeliner people let's get it right let's get it right liquid eyeliner especially that's my that's this week's grinding giselle's gears thanks and finally the miscellany yes and that's it for this week's episode guys uh ladies and gentlemen sorry i keep saying guys because that's the default so i'm sorry if that's offensive to anyone but um uh that is all for this week uh where you first heard me talk about my cross yas tip of the week that has to do with anal play and lubrication good old lube you need lube and then i talked about jessica who and we need to find her and finding solving that mystery uh finding who jessica who who is and how she inspired me and how she how all this quitting got me to thinking about why she left and how she left and how i wouldn't want to do that to you all which to to all the cross yes listeners which isn't the wrong thing to do if like you know she doesn't owe us anything i just want to make sure she's okay and doing well because she was such an inspiration to me and other cross-dressers and trans people um, over 10 years ago and just wanted to make sure she's doing okay and lastly you heard me talk about eyeliner very short because uh eyeliner is uh, bothersome so but that's all hope you guys have a great rest of your week that was just a that was all i have to say this week i'm gonna have there's some really cool up and coming stuff in a month or so we're gonna have our first cross yas meet up at sierra's place in start of june so the summer's coming up we're gonna be body ready or uh, uh, at least we're all gonna be drunk uh hopefully <laughs> but that's it i'm gonna have some curious conversations up soon uh still check out our patreon sign up uh, we got some stuff on there some uh, good stuff for you to go there. so find that on our cross yas podcast website cross yas podcast.com and yeah that's it i'm tired i'm exhausted there's a lot <laughs> 
Uh, but I love you all so much. Your support, unwavering, got me still sticking around. And I'm going to do goodbye all of you. So, yeah. And uh, until next time, as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything. I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more. Thank you.